Hello, my name is Allie, and welcome to Funny Fat Friend, a podcast about this bodacious biracial babe trying to find herself in film. Here's an update. We have been protesting here in Louisville for 169 days for justice. You can find the link to the wish list of supplies we're in need of here for protesters in the description. And if you can give to the Louisville Bail Fund, do it, please. And although the presidential election is over, there is a very important runoff election happening in Georgia in January. And I'll link to Fair Fight, where uh, you can sign up to volunteer or give. All right. Woo. It's HP time, baby. <laughs> okay. We are on the second film in the Harry Potter series, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Ooh. It came out in 2002. It had a budget of $100 million, and it made $880.3 million. So it had a slightly smaller budget and slightly smaller box office return than the first movie. But I was actually surprised, because this film looks a lot better than the <laughs> first movie, and they did it with less money, so... You know, money can't buy everything. And it was only a year after. So th the turnaround is pretty baffling for, like, how massive these films are. They're coming out, like, year after year after year. That's wild. But okay. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So we open, and we are looking at a scrapbook with moving pictures. Magic. Uh, it's Harry. Harry's looking at the scrapbook. Hedwig is sad and rattling about in the cage. And we can see that Harry has been moved into an actual bedroom. So that's pretty nice. And he is spending a summer break with the Dursleys. Which is trash. I cannot believe they let him go back to that house. That is messed up. Um, yeah, so... We're hanging out, and Harry goes downstairs, and we see that the Dursleys are going to have some guests over for the evening. Uncle Vernon is like, this is super important for my business. Don't fuck this up for me. All right? And he tells Harry to go up to his room and pretend that he doesn't exist. <laughs> Yikes. All right. So yeah, Harry goes up to his room. Stay out of the way. Um, but there is... A, a little, a little house guest, who is a house elf, named Dobby, Mr. Dobby. That was I'm not good <laughs> at uh, British accents. Um, and I, Dobby is is very jarring. <laughs> I remember Dobby being a lot more endearing from the beginning, but he is not. He is quite scary to look at. And <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe that's, people are gonna be upset with me, but I did not like Dobby. I do not like Dobby, okay? So cool, Dobby's there and Harry's like, what the fuck is this thing? Even though there are house elves at Hogwarts, right? I thought that was a thing. So it's like he's seeing one for the first time is like how he reacts to Dobby and it doesn't make sense. But yeah, he's a house elf so he's like a servant and that's really sad. Slavery. Yeah, why? Why the fuck are witches and wizards like medieval <laughs> with their social justice rights? Like what the what? That's fucked up. That doesn't make any sense. They, they can do stuff easier because they have magic, yet they still have, like, slaves and shit? That's fucked. That's messed up. Okay, whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. Dobby has snuck away from his family to warn Harry that something bad is coming to Hogwarts this school year, so Harry Potter cannot return to Hogwarts. I think that was actually pretty good. I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, so, yeah, he's not allowed to go. And Harry's like, well, but I wanna, because that's where my friends are. And, you know, it's awful here. Yeah. Um, but Dobby's like, no, you can't. You can't. You don't even have friends, you know? They didn't even write you. 
this summer. And he's like, how did you know they didn't write me this summer? And then Dobby just has like a stack of letters. <laughs> just like on his little body. It doesn't make sense. But I guess he's also magic, so. <sighs> but why? If he's also mad, why would they be subservient? I don't know. I don't know how. Class structures are wild, so. Poor house elves. They should rise up. Um, maybe they will. I don't remember what happens in these movies. That'd be fun. Let's get that spinoff. That would be better than Fantastic Beasts. This is a house elf rebellion. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> great. So yeah, Dobby's like, you can't go back. And your friends don't like you, even though they do like you. Here's a fat stack of their letters that I've been keeping from you. Um, and Harry's like, alright, so they do like me, and I'm gonna go back to Hogwarts. And Dobby's like, no. And he goes downstairs, and, like, floats this cake from the kitchen over the house guests. And Harry's like, no, don't do it. And he's like, say you're not gonna go back to Hogwarts. And he's like, I can't say I'm not gonna go back to Hogwarts. And it's like, bud, you could have just said you're not gonna go back to Hogwarts got this little elf out of your house and then just gone to hide. I don't know. <laughs> but, of course, he doesn't do that because I guess Harry Potter is a trustworthy person. <sighs> Whatever. Um, and Dobby drops the cake on the guest wife and Uncle Vernon is very upset and blames Harry for it. And he shuts Harry up in his bedroom and there's like bars on his windows. And he's like, you're never going to get out of here. And it's, uh, yikes. But luckily, Ron Weasley shows up <laughs> with good old Fred and George, these annoying twins, and they come up in a casually flying car. What is, how is that useful? A flying car? Cause like, unless they constantly are like making it invisible, when could they ever like practically actually use that thing? Because we would see it. But yeah, so they pull up floating to the side of the house and they pull the bars off his windows and Harry escapes. And while they're driving away, Ron's all like, by the way, happy birthday, Harry. So I guess that's the theme. Is that a theme? That they're all going to start on his birthday? Hmm. I guess he's got that good summer birthday. I have a summer birthday. <laughs> I, I guess we'll see. It's really hard to talk about trends when I'm only on the second movie. I guess I should probably stop. But we'll see in the in the future if they all start on Harry Potter's birthday. But okay. So they go back to the Weasley's house at the Burrows. And they have pigs. Fucking stars. I love the Weasleys. They're the best. And their house is so cool. I would like to live in this house. Mama Weasley immediately tears the boys up for being bad. But she's real sweet to Harry, so that's nice. And then Jenny, like, comes downstairs and she's already in love with Harry. And it's really weird because she's so young and I don't like it. Um, and then we meet Mr. Weasley, the dad. And he's fascinated with muggles. And he asks Harry, what is the purpose of a rubber duck? And that's really fun. Um, yeah, and their owl, Harold, is a complete mess. He delivers... Their Hogwarts letters that have their school supply lists, and uh, he just he tanks it, man. He he runs right into the window. <laughs> you think they would be used to him doing that, so they keep both windows open, you know? But uh, it's hard out here for an owl. Um, so yeah, they get their school supply lists, and the Weasleys are like, we're gonna use flu powder to go to Diagon Alley. And the way it works is you have the powder in your hand and you stand in a fucking walk-in fireplace, which I guess everybody just has in their house if you're a magician. I don't know. And you throw the powder on the ground and you say where you want to go. 
And so Harry does it, and he has a horrible accent, and he says, Daya Gun Ellie. <laughs> so he arrives in this spooky little shop, and not Diagon Alley. And we see him in this spooky little shop, looking at all the spooky little things. And Draco and his dad show up, all right, to sell some, like, it's like, I guess it's like a spooky pawn shop. <laughs> And they're like unloading some poisons and stuff because the Ministry of Magic has been doing raids of people's houses and he doesn't want them to find whatever it is that uh, he has. Lucius. Lucius Malfoy. Daddy, Daddy Malfoy. Yuck. But he does. He looks good. He serves. Lucius Malfoy serves. And can't nobody say he doesn't. He is fucking pressed. He's good. <laughs> but okay. Mm. Great. So they leave, and then Harry leaves, and it turns out he's, like, right next to fucking Diagon Alley. So that's good. <laughs> and he goes into Flourish and Blots, which is the bookstore, and he finds the Weasleys there. And the store is hosting a book signing for the new Hogwarts Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Professor Gilderoy Lockhart. And Professor Lockhart is hella full of himself. He is about himself. He's like, I am the absolute shit. Everybody needs to be me. <laughs> he probably invented Instagram. <laughs> He's always posing. Uh, but yeah, he sees Harry in the audience right away. And is like, ooh, the boy who lived came to see me, and I'm going to give him all my books. And we're going to take a picture for the newspaper together. Because I love me. Cool. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Then they see fucking Draco and Lucius again. Uh, it's like the Weasleys and Harry. And then Hermione also shows up. And she's hella badass. And then Lucius is nasty to her about having muggle parents, which is definitely a slur. I don't like the way it sounds. I don't like saying it <laughs> on the podcast, even though I know <laughs> that it is not technically a slur, but it feels gross. Uh, yeah. And then Lucius is rude to Mr. Weasley, and he puts a book in Ginny's bag like little Loki, and leaves. Alright, then Harry and Ron go to the train station. Uh, platform nine and three quarters, but they can't get in. It's like hard brick and not magic passy throughy brick anymore. <laughs> and so they have the bright idea to take Mr. Weasley's flying car to Hogwarts. Or, like, to the train. I really don't really understand what their plan was because they just, like, follow the train and then all of a sudden they almost get hit by the train. It's a very fun vine <laughs> of, like, um, the scene is them and they're like, oh, where is it? Are we ahead of the train now? And then um, you hear the Thomas the Tank, the tank Engine music and it's Thomas the Tank Engine barreling through, almost hitting them. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, so they almost get hit by the train, and <laughs> Harry almost falls out of the car, too. The door just somehow opens. It's very dramatic, but they get to Hogwarts, um, like, somehow. I do not, I, it's, how, how, how could he possibly, how, how is Ron able to fly this car? It seems like it would be very difficult. Because he's doing a bad job. Because it's like all over the place. Like how do you power? If it's just like a, a round wheel. How do you go like up and down? I, I don't know. Okay but. <laughs> um, they get to Hogwarts. And the car. Crashes into the Whomping Willow. Which is a tree that. Kicks ass. Um, and. Harry and Ron survive but the car is done with them and spits out all their shit and rolls off 
on its own. And I'm like, go off, car. Do you? That's good. Um, so yeah. Then, of course, Harry and Ron get into huge trouble for not only being late to school, but coming in a fucking flying car. <laughs> and Snape is, like, chewing them out about it. Uh, because, like, muggles saw them. Oh, I hate muggles. Regular people, <laughs> non-magical beings, saw them. And they also did damage to the Whomping Willow. And then Dumbledore comes in. While Snape is like, I would expel you. I'd, I'd make you go home for this. And then Dumbledore comes in and is like, well, luckily it's not your choice, Snape. <sighs> uh, and McGonagall comes um, because she is head of their house, Gryffindor. And she doesn't expel them, but she does give them detention and writes home to their families about what happened. Uh, Would she think that she wrote a letter to the Dursleys? Do they care? Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we also find out that Ron snapped his wand in the crash. And he just, like, tapes it back together. Hmm. Alright, and then they go to dinner. And we meet Colin, who's this cute little, cute little boy who works for the school newspaper. He takes pictures. And then Ron gets a howler from his mother, which is a screaming letter. And also, so the letter screams at Ron about being the absolute worst. Uh, and then it, like, turns to Jenny. And it's like, but congratulations, Jenny, on becoming a Gryffindor. We're so proud of you. That's sweet, you know. All right, then we go to Defense Against the Dark Arts class and see Professor Lockhart, which I don't understand. He's a professor. Does he have a master's degree? What is? What is? Who is he? Is there? Are there? There are. Okay, there are other schools. What is the pool of? Is there a university? Is there a Wizard University? I guess there has to be. And that's how you become a professor? Yeah, I don't know why this is... <laughs> why this is suddenly very serious and intense about this, but... Okay, yeah, we're in Defense Against the Dark Arts, and there are giant paintings of himself. <laughs> and that's pretty fun, because he nods and smiles at himself and admires himself, and that's nice. Uh, yeah, but he sucks, and he's pompous, and he sucks, and he brings out a cage of Cornish pixies, and he releases them, um, just day one shit, you know? What is, yeah, what is this day one shit that is just too much? Every, like, first day of class that I've ever had has been like, we're gonna read over the syllabus, do some icebreakers, and then move on with our day. You know? But no. Not at Hogwarts. <laughs> They're also like t 12 year olds and shit. Like what are, what are they doing? Um, okay. So you might be able to hear there's a baby <laughs> outside. <sighs> Having a nice time. So I hope you can hear that because it's very cute. Um, if not, then you imagine that you <laughs> can hear what I can hear. It's very wholesome. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> he releases pixies, and poor little Neville gets picked up by them, hung on the chandelier, and they take Lockhart's wand from him, um, so he just runs away. But Hermione is queen of all queens, and freezes them all. And Neville is like, why is it always me? <laughs> oh, Neville. <laughs> Bless him, for real though, damn. He does not catch breaks. <sighs> Alright, now we're on to Quidditch practice, because remember there's a sport. There is so much going on. How do they have the time? To also... Fuck, there's so much stuff. And also he's allowed to still play Quidditch? Even though he's, like, bad? I, that's... Like, you couldn't do that in, like, my school. If you got in trouble, you weren't on the team. You couldn't do that. But whatever. They, just, they love him. But 
Okay, so Gryffindor is like going to go practice and Slytherin shows up and they have a new seeker and it's Draco. And his dad also bought all of their team Nimbus 2001s. So, one better than the Nimbus 2000 that Harry has. Wow. So, yeah. Then Draco calls Hermione a filthy little mudblood. <sighs> because he's just... God, a sexist racist, I guess. Jeez Louise, it's so gross. And then Ron tries to cast a spell, I guess, to defend her or to come back at him, but his wand backfires and he spits up a bunch of slugs. It's really gross. What a spell. Why does that spell exist? Who did that? Who made that spell? <sighs> okay. Also, how do spells work? It's like... Who, is somebody sitting in a room trying to figure them out? Why do why do certain word combinations make things happen? I my head hurts. I gotta stop. I gotta get out of this thought pattern. We can't we can't be here. All right, next <laughs> there. Um, it's detention. <laughs> They're in detention, and Harry hears some strange voices, and uh, he, he's going down the hallway, and he finds. Um, Filch's cat, Mrs. Norris, is, like, frozen. Like, she looks like just, like, frozen in time. She's just, like, stuck. And next to it is a message written in what looks like blood. Uh, and it says, The Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. So that's spooky. And in Transfigurations class, Hermione asks about the Chamber of Secrets. And um, McGonagall is like, all right, so the original heads of the houses were running, you know, this whole thing we call Hogwarts. And Mr. Slytherin, because I don't remember their first names, Mr. Slytherin only wanted pure bloods to come to Hogwarts. And according to legend, he made a sealed chamber that could only be opened by his own true heir. And that heir alone would be able to open the chamber and would rid the school of the unworthy Muggleborns. And the chamber uh, also was something only Slytherin could control. Um, there's a monster inside it. But, you know, she was like, but we've searched and we've never found a chamber, so like, don't worry about us, I... <laughs> so it's like, okay, cool. Whatever. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, they think that it's uh, probably Draco. You know, that it's the heir, because he's just literally the worst. Um, yeah. But they don't have any proof that it's Draco. Um, and, uh,. Harry starts to notice strange things around the castle, and he hears voices that no one can hear, and, uh, yeah, everybody's like, oh, Harry's kind of, kind of being weird, um, and then Draco challenges Harry, well, I guess he doesn't challenge Harry, they're, like, back in defense against the dark arts class, and Harry and Draco duel, because I guess duels are a fucking thing. <laughs> because somehow it's 2002, but also fucking 1777. <sighs> yeah, there's slaves and duels. What a dream. Um, but yeah, Draco like casts a spell and makes a snake appear. And the snake um, starts to turn to attack somebody just like hanging around watching the duel. And Harry talks to the fucking snake. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And <laughs> we find out that um, Mr. Slytherin also was able to talk to snakes. And so people are like, whoa, Harry might be the heir, you guys. And, uh, it's not looking good, um, for Harry at this point. 
and yeah, it also doesn't help that Harry's like walking down the hallway one evening and uh, the kid who the snake was about to attack is found fucking paralyzed also um, next to uh, nearly headless Nick. And yeah, uh, so everybody's like, oh shit, it's for real him. But um, Filch like finds him in the hallway and is like, you're going to see Dumbledore right now, taking you in. And so he's taking to see Dumbledore and um, the sorting hat is like in Dumbledore's office, just starts chatting with him. Like, does he just sit by himself? Is the sorting hat fully sentient? Is it somebody's soul? what is the sorting hat what is it is it like a a transfigured person like how McGonagall can turn into a cat who is the sorting hat how is he able Ah, I don't like the sorting hat he's so creepy but anyway yeah he's like oh man you would have done well in Slytherin Mr. Potter or whatever it's like And then there's a phoenix in a cage, and it bursts into flame. And Harry's like, oh shit, I'm sorry, Dumbledore. I didn't mean to catch it on fire while I was looking at it. But Dumbledore explains that it will be reborn from the ashes. And he also just happens to let us know that their tears have healing powers. It's important later. We love these little nuggets of information that don't make any sense in the moment to say, but are very relevant later. So, you know, you know how it'd be. Really good, well-done foreshadowing. That's what we stand on this podcast. Okay. So then <laughs> Hagrid bursts in and is like, yo, 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 Harry didn't do it. But then Colin, little, little baby sweet Colin, the photographer, <sighs> man he turns up frozen and so the school is like it's it's fucking hairy because colin was always bothering him taking pictures so harry's harry's the one um so yeah (laughs) so now that everybody thinks that harry is a full uh freezifying man villain thing uh him ron and hermione are trying to find the actual heir of Slytherin. And, um... So they start to investigate. Uh, they go back to where uh, Harry found Mrs. Norris. And they figure out that, like, the there was, like, water on the ground. And they figure out it was from a nearby bathroom. And the bathroom's haunted by a former Hogwarts student, Moaning Myrtle, who has the worst voice. But, like... No, that's it. That's all I have to say about it. She just has the worst fucking voice. And it, it, I hated every time she was around. It made me uncomfortable. All right. And they're like, yo, did you see what happened? She was like, nah. But like in an annoying voice, she said, nah. Yeah. Okay. And then, <laughs> um, because Moaning Myrtle is so horrible, they actually decide that that's going to be like their base to... <laughs> of their investigation is going to be in this bathroom because nobody will ever come in there because she's the worst. And uh, Hermione's like, here, we should use um, Polyjuice Potion to take the shape of Draco's pals and get him to confess, you know, to what he has done, which we don't really know exactly how or what he's done except that, you know, freezing people, I suppose. And yeah. So they make the Polyjuice Potion, and Harry and Ron successfully transform into Crab and Goyle. But Hermione's potion does not go right, and Homegirl turns into a cat. Mm. She looks like cats. Honestly, yeah. Remake the movie Cats, but it's just Hermione as a cat-ish looking person. That's the way it should have been if they were able to do it in 2002. It was unacceptable for them to do what they did in 2019. I'm never going to... We're not going to ever do the movie Cats on the podcast. It's the worst thing that I've ever seen in my whole life. I was so scared. Okay, so yeah, Hermione doesn't go with them because she's a fucking cat now. And, um... (laughs) So, (laughs) 
Ron and Harry go to the Slytherin common room to talk to Draco. But uh, they find out that Draco's not the fucking heir to Slytherin. Which is honestly shocking and sucks. And um, But he does tell them that the chamber was opened 50 years ago. And that time, uh, Muggleborn died. Alright, yikes. So, yeah, so they're back at square one, and they don't figure anything out. But there's also no new attacks, and Hermione is now normal looking again. <laughs> but, then they find out that Moaning Myrtle's bathroom flooded again, and uh, it's because somebody threw a diary into the a toilet <laughs> as one does throwing diaries and it's like blank the diary is like blank and harry takes it that's so gross <laughs> harry takes the diary out of the toilet and he figures out it belonged to a head boy of hogwarts from the past named tom riddle and uh riddle enchanted the diary to like have his memories in it and so Harry starts watching this diary. It's very odd. Uh, and he sees, like, 50 years ago how the Chamber of Secrets um, was, like, open. And it shows him that it was Hagrid that was keeping a monster in the castle. And he's like, what? It couldn't have been Hagrid. You know? And I'm like, what? I also think it couldn't have been Hagrid. Because he's so sweet. He's so nice. He's a good he's a good guy. But, you know, they do know that Hagrid is real into uh animals that he should not have. And um So Harry is like, ah oh, fuck, maybe he did it. And I was like, nah, he didn't, Harry. Just you wait. He didn't do it. But yeah, anyway, so they go. <laughs> uh, uh, Harry is getting ready for a Quidditch match, and he hears spooky voices again. And we see Hermione, like, have, like, a aha moment, and she, like, is running around in the library trying to do, look at the books, you know, as one does, and then she gets fucking petrified. And we're like, fuck. It's really bad. So Harry's like, shit, we really gotta do something. Ron, let's go fucking talk to Hagrid. Because we gotta figure this out. And so they go to Hagrid's little hut. And um, they are smart, though. And they put the invisibility cloak on. And um, the... Uh, or they have... Yeah. Because Hagrid... Oh, yeah. Somebody knocks on the door while they're there and they put on the invisibility cloak and Cornelius Fudge the minister of magic comes to arrest Hagrid and Fudge doesn't have any evidence but everybody's upset about you know all these children being fucking frozen and so he needs to do something and so they uh, take Hagrid in because 50 years ago he was expelled from Hogwarts um, for yeah for the Chamber of Secrets. Which is wild. Because I was just, yeah, I was just talking to Sarah. I was trying to, I was like, why did he get expelled? And she couldn't remember. And now we know it's this. This was, we figured it out. That was really only only for Sarah. <laughs> that, that sentence. Sarah, it's because he got in trouble um, with the Chamber of Secrets. Okay, back to talking to everybody. Alright, so cool. They're taking Hagrid away to Azkaban, which is like the worst place ever. And he says out loud, um, because, you know, he knows that Harry and Ron are in there under the cloak. He's like, follow the spiders and you'll learn something useful, which nobody really reacts to, um, which is very odd. But I guess also, yeah, they have a very high tolerance for odd being in the magic world. But okay, cool. Then Lucius Malfoy shows up and tells Dumbledore that 
the school governors have voted to remove him. <sighs> so, yeah. Hogwarts doesn't have Dumbledore or fucking Hagrid right now. And Ron and Harry go back to fucking the building wrecked. And they're like, fuck. But, you know, that just, it just makes them go, hey, we gotta, we gotta do something. We gotta figure it out. And so they follow Hagrid's instructions and they follow a fucking trail of spiders from Hogwarts into the Forbidden Forest. And they arrive at this, like, fucking giant motherfucker. Just the biggest spider. And his name is Aragog. And he's like, yo, I was not raised in the Chamber of Secrets. Alright? And I ain't never killed nobody no how. It wasn't me. Hagrid is innocent. Um, but... I do have a bunch of babies, and I'm gonna make. I'll let them eat you. So, <laughs> so then Ron and Harry have to like get away from all these little baby spiders that want to eat them. Um, but they do, you know, because they can't die. It's the second out of eight movies, so don't worry about it. Yep. All right. And so now they know, you know, Hagrid didn't do it, but they don't know what the fuck. <laughs> They're still at square one of, like, not knowing what the fuck is going on or what to do um, until suddenly Harry realizes that the girl who, the person who died in the Chamber of Secrets was fucking Moaning Myrtle. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, let's go talk to her. But on their way, McGonagall finds them and they're like, oh, uh... We were just trying to go see Hermione in the hospital. Sorry. And so she's like, oh, okay, that's cool, fine. You can go see your friend, that's sad. And so then they go to the hospital wing, because now they have to go to the hospital wing. Which they should have visited her anyway, but whatever. Uh, while they're there, they do notice that Hermione is clutching something in her hand. And it's like a page of a book. And they un ravel it and it's a description of a monster called a basilisk which is a gigantic snake that kills people just by looking at them like medusa yeah it's like a yeah it's like a medusa hair string hair snake hair snake and harry realizes that the chamber of street secrets is must be like housing a basilisk because hermione is really smart and wouldn't have that fucking hint for any other reason. Because she's a queen. Okay. Yeah. And. <sighs> fucking poor Ron is like. What? Everybody should be dead then. And they're like. They figure out that. Oh no one's made eye contact with it. They've all seen like it's reflection. And that's why they're. Like frozen. Yeah. And that's why Harry's been hearing all these like weird. Things in the hallways. Because the snake is probably. Is using like the pipes in the school and Harry understands snake language so I guess the snake is just constantly talking to itself as it wanders around relatable okay that is relatable okay cool so yeah then Harry and Ron find out that the snake has taken Jenny to the Chamber of Secrets and I gotta go get her cause one it's Ron's sister and the future love of Harry's life you know so they go to Professor Lockhart because, you know, he is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, so he should help them, you know, fight this monster thing. But we find out, surprise, Professor Lockhart is just a fucking liar and is a little bitch and doesn't want to do it. <laughs> that he hasn't done any of the amazing things he's claimed to have. And so they are like, bitch, we're going to fucking make you come with us. We do not care. So they force them to go with them and they figure out that um, the entrance to the Chamber of Secrets is in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom so it's been there the whole time and Moaning Myrtle tells Harry that she did die uh, looking into a pair of golden eyes so they do know that she is in fact the one that was murdered and it came out of a pipe in the sink and uh, Ron surprisingly 
is the one that finds like the pipe. It's like a snake-shaped fucking like faucet thing. And Harry makes it open using his snake scales. His language is sneaky, sneaky snake sounds. And um, yeah, it, it makes a tunnel <laughs> to the Chamber of Secrets, sure. And Harry, Ron, and Lockhart go down the tunnel. And Lockhart takes Ron's wand and tries to cast a memory charm on them to give them amnesia so he can run away. But of course, Ron's wand backfires and Lockhart gives himself amnesia. And the like spell was so intense, it blows up the damn tunnel and collapses it, separating Harry from them. So now Harry's all alone. And he's like, well, alright, we're this is exactly like the first movie. I know that I have to just keep going. <laughs> so Harry <laughs> goes down the tunnel. <sighs> yep. And uh, he finds Jenny. And near her, he sees a blurry boy. And it unblurs and it's Tom Riddle from that book he's been reading. And Riddle explains pretty much what's going on and that he's been using his diary to gain control of Jenny for most of the year. And he is able to appear in physical form now because he's using Jenny's soul. Gosh. So yeah. Um, and that, and then we find out also that he showed Harry... The, uh, he misled him on purpose, making him think that Hagrid was the one that opened the Chamber of Secrets when it was actually Tom Riddle, uh, and that he was a student at Hogwarts, and he made Jenny go into the Chamber of Secrets to lure Harry there, because he wants to talk to Harry. And Riddle <laughs> hmm, finds out that Harry is famous for having defeated Lord Voldemort as a babe. And he's like, how'd you do it, Harry? Let me know. Let me know. How'd you do it? And he's like, fucking, why, dude? You're like a ghost man. Why does it matter? Um, and he's like, because I'm, I'm Lord Voldemort. But he shows him by, like, writing Tom Marvolo Riddle in the sky with sparkle letters that um anagramagonize themselves that's not a word um but you know what i'm saying and it makes the sentence i am lord voldemort which is (laughs) i don't like that i think it's lame but whatever okay cool then uh harry's like well i beat lord voldemort because my mom loved me and you wouldn't know what that's like and that's sad Jeez. And yeah, um, Riddle's like, what? Seriously? I'm the greatest fucking wizard alive. And Harry's like, nah, 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 sir. Dumbledore's the greatest wizard alive. And when he's like, fucking hyping up Dumbledore, <laughs> his phoenix appears, carrying the sorting hat. This, but the sorting hat isn't sentient, it's a regular hat now. And inside of it is a fucking whole ass sword. So like, is the sorting hat also like a like a Mary Poppins bag? You can hold big stuff inside. So many questions about the sorting hat. I need a, a lot of explainers about the sorting hat. I don't understand what it is. Okay, but yeah, now Harry has a sword, which is cool. And um, the fucking snake shows up. And Harry fights it and then stabs through its head. Sure, but when he stabs through its head, the snake bites him. And so that's bad news bears uh, because Harry is now dying. But luckily, remember when Dumbledore told us that Phoenix's tears have healing properties? (laughs) Well, it's important now. So great, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Harry doesn't die because... The phoenix comes and cries on him. 
And Harry uses the Fang of the Basilisk to stab Riddle's diary. And it destroys the spirit somehow. And yeah, then Ginny wakes up because the spirit is destroyed and is no longer using her soul. <sighs> wow. <laughs> and they leave the tunnel. Oh, jeez Louise. So yeah, thanks to Harry, the school reopens. Dumbledore is fucking headmaster again. And uh, yeah, he tells Harry that, yo, you're able to talk to snakes because Voldemort can. And when Voldemort tried to kill you when you were a babe, part of his power came out of him and into you. And like, he just like sucked some of it up. So, you know, again, foreshadowing. <sighs> and Harry's like, shit, does that mean I'm going to be Voldemort? And he's like, nah, man, you, you still get to choose your own fate. You're a good guy. You're, you're, you're a good Gryffindor. You know? <laughs> because you're a Gryffindor, you, you got that sword out of a hat. None of it makes sense. <laughs> I'm mad. But okay, alright, yeah. Whatever. So yeah, Harry's good, so he's not going to be Voldemort. It's basically the summary of that. And then, yeah. After his conversation with Dumbledore, fucking Lucius Malfoy shows up with poor little Dobby. And he's mad because Dumbledore's back. And, um, yeah. Harry's like, yo, I know you fucking gave this diary to Jenny. You're the one who put it in her stuff. And he's like, huh? Fuck you. You don't even know. Leave me alone. And Dobby's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just trying to protect you from my piece of shit master, Lucius. And so Harry gives the diary back to Lucius. And then Lucius gives it to Dobby because he's pissed and he doesn't want to carry it, I guess. <laughs> but... Harry's like, yo, Dobby, open it. And uh, Dobby opens it, and there's a sock inside. And um, we find out that if a master presents a house elf with a piece of clothing, the house elf goes free. So, technically, Lucius accidentally gave him a piece of clothing. Um, so Dobby's free. And Lucius gets pissed, and full-on is about to murder Harry Potter. Like, starts to, like, Avada Kedavra or whatever that, you know, you know. <laughs> the spell that kills people? That's just two words? You think it would be more complicated than that? What the fuck? Magic doesn't make sense. But yeah, so he's fully about to murder Harry Potter in this hallway. And Dobby stops him and, like, knocks him the fuck over. And it's like, you will not harm Harry Potter. Yeah. So that's sweet. And then Lucius scurries away into the night. Well, it's really, it's like the afternoon. I don't know, it's like early evening, because they the next scene they're having dinner, so I assume. <laughs> yeah, they're at dinner, and Hermione and nearly headless Nick come back in, and Hermione and Ron have some weird fucking love tension, and they're, they're 11, it's gross, I don't like it. But yeah. But then Hagrid comes back, and there's like a weird slow clap. For him which I don't I don't understand why there's a weird slow clap for Hagrid it should have just been a robust hearty clap from the jump but whatever you know they treat this man like trash <laughs> they better give that man a raise what the fuck but yeah everybody claps and they all hug him and he cries and then I cried and that's the end of the movie <laughs> Gorgeous, amazing. <sighs> so yeah, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, yeah, it has uh, Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-three percent. Letterbox, three point six stars out of five. Uh, yeah, this one also the first one I didn't talk about um, who directed it. The first one and the second one were both directed by Chris Columbus which is a deeply famous director. Uh, you probably know him for his hits 
I love you, Beth Cooper, or Pixels. <laughs> okay, yeah, and he also did the first two Home Alone movies, so yeah. <laughs> he really has a thing for doing the first two of a series. I guess not really. He's done it twice. So I guess it's not really a thing. But what, yeah. Um, yeah. But you can really tell that they are directed by the same person. The first one and the second one. Because they are so fucking similar. Like the visual storytelling is exactly the same in both. The weird little close-ups on child faces. <laughs> but honestly, I'm not mad. Little kids are cute. They're very cute. Um, yeah. And he likes swirling around. A lot of sp- A lot of spins. Chris Columbus loves a spin. Okay, cool. Do I relate to Chamber of Secrets? <sighs> no. 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 Yeah, this one definitely even more removed than the first one. This one legit scared me. I was scared. I didn't like it. Um, the Snoke is very scary. The Yeah, the graphics were just so much better in this one and a bit very scary but I didn't relate I don't, I'm not afraid of snakes usually a giant one yes it was scary but so <laughs> um I also was upset that they hit the whomping willow so I guess I related to Snape when he was mad at them for that uh yeah pretty much nothing for me in this one Nothing at all. Uh, But it was fun. It was entertaining. It's almost exactly the same as the first movie, though. So I don't don't know what we really gained from this one. Uh, I think it should have been the first... I think the first movie should have just went away and they only made this one. This movie should have started it. But who am I? I couldn't come up with this. So I'm just an asshole who (laughs) gives my opinion on stuff party okay all right we did it we've we've gone through two now all right i i'm we're, we are making it i'm so tired i'm so exhausted but we are doing it and thank you for listening um for for going on this journey with me six more which somehow doesn't feel like that many eight was a lot but six i for some reason I can see the light at the end of the tunnel already. Am I naive? Or am I in the Chamber of Secrets? I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> That's it. I don't know how to end. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just signing off. Alright, yeah. I've been your friendly neighborhood fr- fat friend, Allie. And I would burst into flames only to be reborn as a small BB for your love. Any day. Okay. <laughs> Talk at you next week. Bye.